Welcome back to another episode of Antics from the Fourth Floor. Today our panel talks about long-distance space travel, fuel for that space travel, some of the effects, and some exciting new projects in space travel. And of course, it wouldn't be complete without propulsion by a particular method involving body fluids. But don't trust me. Take a listen. On um, maybe I should introduce myself first. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Either way. Oh wait. Okay. Today's why do you feel like the main character? Am I? People should You're know the host. who you are. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I never think of myself that way. I'm too humble. You are the <laughs> man. It's about this is your podcast. Aww. You're a podcaster Aww. now, dude. I'm a podcaster master blaster and the hostess with the mostess. Wear a seatbelt. <laughs> you laughed at that. It's too cheesy. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, today I guess I'm your host, Chris Gallen, and I'm going to introduce the guy to my left. I'm Tyler. A physics and math student here at Victor- the University of Victoria. Great place. What about you? Um, I'm Dayton. I'm also a physics and math student from University of Victoria. And you should know me from the last podcast. I was going to make Ditto. a joke about your name. <laughs> My name's Calvin. I was there too. And I'm a physics and astronomy student. Actually, we were all there too. Oh, we were but all we're there. not going to imply that we were. <laughs> no, we maybe it'll be different, out. right? That's true. I mean, yeah, it may be different. That's the whole, your whole gamble. That was the whole gamble. Um, some people can't, yeah. can't do it. We had it, but some really superposition of personalities last time. We could do like <laughs> a voice cover this time. That's true. I could make one of you extremely high pitched. I could be like Darth Vader on this one. Yeah. Ooh, this sounds fun. Great. It'll be really hard to get your laughs in. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I guess you never hear Darth Vader laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's no, not a don't. very cheerful person. I guess yeah. not. But I mean, I like to imagine him also chuckling. Oh, Anakin laugh. I saw Batman yeah. laugh once. That was cool. Not that I just spoiled the plot. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I was going to make a joke about your name that I was going to ask if you're single because your name is Dayton. And just because of the way we Western English speakers say Dayton, it sounds like dating. Like, are you Dayton? Oh, mm-hmm. Are it, you Dayton, yeah. man? But you are dating because Dayton. Sorry, yeah, my, yeah. my girlfriend's Dayton. Dayton. Oh, adorable. Nice. <laughs> See, yeah, he's not single. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, ladies, he's not single. <laughs> um, okay. Well, today's subject is going to be on space travel options, sensationalized space travel options, and some of the more feasible ones. But we're going to also talk about it in the sense of like trying to poke holes in it because some of them are kind of weird. But we're also just going to talk about like loosely. Our favorite space travel thing. How do how do we get to a Star Trek universe where you can travel across the galaxy? Right? Yeah. See, yeah, that yeah. That's warp it. drive. Yeah, warp drive. See, okay. there he is. <laughs> Let's start there then. <laughs> start so, with yeah. warp drives. Warp drives, okay. The most exciting warp drive in the past, I don't know, maybe three years. I should have probably looked at the time. There's but more than one warp drive? There's more well, there's only one true warp warp drive, and it's called the Alcuvier warp drive. A lot of it was really sensationalized last year, but it's older than I, that idea. Yeah. And the idea is is that you're not breaking the speed of light, but you are traveling FTL, which is faster than light. Yes, because nothing can travel through space faster than light, hmm. but space can do whatever the fuck it wants. Right. So you're bending space. Yeah. Yes. So the idea. Well, wait, you're not just bending, but you're also like stretching and contracting it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're the idea like is... pushing parts of it away and closer. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, well, the, the best the best analogy I see from like. From, from anyways, articles read on it, is that um, it's like riding a wave in the ocean when you're a surfer. But that's a really bad example. You you know that the gradient you're you're riding on is pushing you forward in that sense, yeah. whereas the Akubia warp drive is you falling into a, a gravitational well. And the reverse of it is 
pushing you forward in that sense, but you essentially are still. You're still in the same spot in yeah, space. You need to be in the warped space, and that's what moves you. Yeah. So the idea of this warp drive is that the drive generates that curving field thing, despite my lack of knowledge about yeah. three-dimensional curve Let's try fields. to figure out how one could warp space like that. Yeah, is this completely fictional? Oh, God. Idea? No, no, no. It's, NASA's, yeah. NASA's on board. NASA's wor- working at it. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. It's They're doing it at Eagle Works Labs, is what we're trying to get into. <laughs> which is nice. really funny, because it's yeah. Eagle's fly. I get it. But, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <right laughs> nice. So they're, uh, NASA takes it seriously. They're they're okay. trying to they're, what they're, they're trying to replicate the effect in the lab without the drive. Yes. Before they get busy making a drive, kind of thing, which is really cool. You, you need a way. We need to figure out how to reliably warp space. Yeah, but warp space warp. that you're not immediately in. Yeah. The space around you needs to be warped. Yeah. yeah so we'd so have to like really be able to manipulate space at very specific locations. Yeah. And we only know how to do that using matter? Yeah, mass, gravitation. No, when we're... Because I've heard about people teleporting particles. Uh, is that the same thing? Or no, is that different? no, no, no. That's, it, that's is, because different it is different. It's also very cool. Are you cool. warping time, uh, space-time <coughs> so to get... Because you travel instantaneously. The idea is, is that it's the space around you that's moving faster than light, and you are in this space. Almost in a segregate sense of you being like separate in the well... And that the well itself can move. But because of the curved space, you can't escape it. So you can't escape the well, but the well is moving really, really, really fast. Faster than sea. And in reality, there's probably like a limit. So you're like surfing this wave of space time. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically, that's the best analogy I find. I don't know. I'm not the writer of the thing. I haven't read that. But that sounds better because like the surfer essentially isn't moving. The surfer is riding something that is moving, but it, you get my point. You it, get no, no, you, they're, they're riding the wave, which is the disturbance of the water. The water may have be moving all over the place, but yeah. the actual wave itself, the crest of it or whatever, I mean, that is a, an object that is moving. Yeah, which is terrible for visualizations on a radio podcast because... Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think <laughs> I, about it. I'm really like, an image. Yeah. Okay, so you have waves on water. Mm-hmm. You also have gravitational waves. But yeah. if you think about the scale of gravitational waves, when you have things that are like two thirty solar mass black holes colliding yeah. and merging, which ejects like three solar masses worth of energy. Yeah. Well, here, and we're I still think... trying to detect like a one one thousandth the width of a proton. Yeah, a right. whimper that could be confused with a car driving. Here, we don't have to worry about um, such huge scales. We're trying to warp space. Locally, a, oh, not you don't want to detect scale. it from a billion light years away. That's true. Yeah. There wouldn't be much universe left to travel to then at that point. Yeah, if we had something. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so we we would uh, we need something like spaceship size to, to you know make a make a dense area in front of it, make a less dense area in the back. Yeah, the pictures of the bad boy like it's a pretty reasonable size, like a few car sizes big. But the thing is, it's like. The field that they warp looks really extreme in terms of the difference in the field around that in an image, although the image probably isn't to scale or like reliable. Yeah. But thinking about the like how how you bend a field like that so immediately has like do you pay the price for that in a bad way? Yeah. Do you pay the price for like? Although it's interesting when you think about something like a warp drive, if it's warping the space around you, you could you don't have to completely remove the distortion of space time inside your ship. You could potentially use it to create artificial gravity inside your ship. Ooh, double use. 
couple years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now you can you don't have to worry about the effects of zero G on the human body. That's true. You would have to yeah, if you like speaking of which over testing. You wouldn't experience any acceleration using this warp drive. It wouldn't impart any sort of I, I've always kind of think thought of a warp a warp drive as more so you bend the space around you. Yeah. But you still have to move the ship, but now you're moving it over space that's contracted. Oh, okay. So, so you're still like moving you're it, moving you... at some sub sub speed of light velocity in that localized yeah. space, but relative to the space outside, further away, you're traveling faster than light. Yeah. Assuming that the drive's purpose was to, um, no matter where the user is, because we, we can think about, <laughs> this is like the trick of, uh, the idea is that the ship is also by some guy named, yeah, I'm sure, I hope I'm saying his name right, but it's Miguel Alcubierre. And uh, it, the ship is a solution to general relativity, so I can be less doubtful about it, aside from not being tested in the lab. But um, my understanding is that it, it, it doesn't affect your initial velocity, but it affects your acceleration because you're in that field. So you could be at a set velocity. And you have to think about the, the ship is generating that field, and you're in it, traveling with it. Mm-hmm. So relative to you, um, relative to the frame that you're in, you're falling into the well all the time, and that's where your acceleration comes from. You're like headed towards the well and being pushed at it. So you're sort of like... I don't know. That's why the riding the wave thing is like. In in his idea. paper, he constructed a model that might transport a volume of flat space inside a bubble of curved space. Yeah. This bubble named a hyperrelativistic local dynamic space. Yeah. So you are keeping the area that contains the spaceship flat. The space yeah. in it is actually flat. So I feel like then there would be no acceleration imparted onto the spaceship itself. Yeah. Yeah. So you would have a rest velocity then. Right. You, or you wouldn't even feel acceleration if you started moving. I think so, unless you like got too close to your potential. But that's the thing, you're generating the thing, so it's always away from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always away from as, you. As um, Tyler, you just said, it's it's flat space, but then around it is warped. Yes. Such that you're you're moving that bubble of space. So I feel like you wouldn't experience any acceleration in the spaceship. You'd, you'd be like, all right, I guess we're traveling faster than light now. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, I don't really feel anything, but whatever. <laughs> Although when when warp drives like this were sort of first thought of, like the amount of mass energy you would need would be equivalent to that of, of Jupiter. Um, oh, but yeah. in 2012, it was realized that by changing the shape of this drive, you could uh, use much less energy, so you'd get the mass of about Voyager One. Oh, so so but yeah, it also Voyager requires like two cars. Stuck. It requires you to have negative mass, which we don't. We've never experimentally found. That's the rub. That's the anti graviton or no? What? Uh, <laughs> you have negative mass. Negative mass. It would fall upwards. Yeah. Anyways, that's like the most promising version of a like re- really good long distance space travel option. Of like something that could actually go faster than light. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I feel like it's the logic. Cause the closest star is like four point four light years or something. Alpha Centauri. Yeah, Alpha Centauri is like or Alpha. our closest star. But just saying saying the sentence. The closest star is no guarantee that when you get there, there is something for you just because it's the closest star to you. Yeah. So making all these cool, awesome missions to go to like the nearest star, that doesn't tell you shit. Like that doesn't mean there's anything when you get there. 
I think Other Voyager, Voyager like one traveling at. To get there. Oh, it's totally worth it. It's totally <laughs> worth the trip. But in terms of like like a survival options of the planet, Ooh, you should okay. yeah, yeah. Sorry, maybe I should have mentioned that first. We're, we're yeah, we're assuming if, that if we maybe we want to go live somewhere, we want to yeah, abandon Earth or yeah, two we yeah, don't go to the first star. Our... Yeah, <laughs> don't go to the next neighbor and try to rent their place just because you want to move. <laughs> yeah, we should probably scope the, the whole neighborhood first. Yeah, true story. Yeah, so I feel like in terms of like actually getting out of the house, that's probably it's probably the best one. At 17 yeah. meters per second, or, or kilometers per second. Ooh, that's pretty low, though. 17 kilometers per second, Voyager 1, I think, would take about like 55,000 years to reach oh the nearest God. star. Just those right. distances are scary. And that's oh, yeah, and that is like the fastest traveling. No, it's thing. not. No, it it's used... probably, it'll decelerate a little bit because there's still a little bit of gravity from the sun that where it is. It's not much though. Yeah, it got to that speed because it was taking advantage of um, actually pretty really cool spiral out, and it's part of its launch date was special because it would use the wells of the large gas giants to kick it yeah. forward. Well, that's the other thing. Voyager really one is not going headed towards the nearest star. No, it's just yeah. It... What is it headed towards? <laughs> Don't know. It's just yeah, headed out. Yeah. Some direction. I guess it's still within the the plane of the of the solar system. So at least we know it's not in the, any other direction, right? Yeah. Somewhere in the it's heading somewhere in the plane of the the solar system. Mm-hmm. It'd be really cool uh, to like go and visit it when people figure out the space travel. The shit. super fast you can catch up just to it. Catch up to it. Say, man, that thing is a piece of shit. Don't move pictures. it. <laughs> yeah. So it, dude, it would be its own like mobile museum. That's so true. That like could future go space visit. travelers. Would oh yeah, that's the other thing is say well, you're going like say so let's say we're traveling sublight speed, but we're traveling near the speed of light. You get time dilation. Mm-hmm. So you're traveling say ninety nine point seven percent the speed of light. Holy let's say. shit! Okay. Let's, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like sixty, but let's no. just say <laughs> well, that's cool. <laughs> it's almost hitting. Zero. You're traveling for say a year, but in that year, Earth's probably got has traveled probably I don't know how many how many years have passed on Earth, but it'd be more, um, they could have launched a new ship that could yeah. travel Even much faster, faster say 99.9999. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like a year to that new ship, they'll have long surpassed that first ship. You like leave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, so there's a really like, cool novel on If this. you start leaving Earth, traveling near the speed of light, you'll just start seeing ships that were launched after you just start passing. Assuming I mean, you keep traveling for long enough. And assuming you can see them, like, the weird, yeah. effect, the weird effects don't look so fucky that, like, when you look... Oh, yeah, everything will be distorted. Distorted and ruined. But, yeah, that would be funny. Like, you, you're you the parent of a kid, you leave that kid behind, and then you, you see your, your kid, kid will pass, just pass you. you, and then his <laughs> kid will pass him. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck? Great. What Three generations. Yeah, space. what a great race. Yeah, true story, but yeah. And then eventually when they arrive at wherever they're going, you'll start seeing, like... Like, generations arriving in the reverse order. Yeah, there's, like, like seven departed. generations that get there semi at the same time. Actually, no, the first generation would be the last, ironically, because they're traveling the slowest. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be shitty. And they'd be the oldest when you get there, maybe. Yeah, they'd have to be, because not only are they, not, not only are they the oldest generation, but they're traveling the slowest. Although I think to pass them, you probably have to be traveling intergalactic distances. That's true. When you're when the difference in velocity is like fractions like a of a percentage point of the speed of light. Yeah, but that's like actually that's... no. Even at that change in velocity, you need you know a few thousand light years. So that's that's within the galaxy. I don't know what the second closest star is anyway, but yeah, Alpha Centauri B. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> okay. <now>. It's <laughs> a ternary it's... system. Yeah. yeah right. Did you say ternary? Yeah. I thought it was tertiary. I thought it was trinary. 
What did you think it was? No, it I might thought, be tertiary. I thought there was one. This whole time. I think it might be two binary systems orbiting each other. Oh, yeah, one's really which cold. Is a one's really loud system. and radio. Quaternary. Quaternary, yeah. I think Mizar A and B could be considered quaternary because they're two binaries rotating around each other. That is wild. Which is pretty weird, but it's not impossible. And yeah. it's in the big little dipster, the big dipster. I don't know. I could That's be completely confusing it with a different solar system, and different stars. <laughs> yeah. But the interesting thing I learned um, over the years is that it's a, like way more common to have binaries of systems and stuff, yeah. multi-star systems. Yeah. That's than the... just like you know the sun and planets. Yeah. Which is weird that we would be like the not regular thing. Well, it's more stable, right? Yeah. You yeah, don't have like a chaotic period of like yeah, ridiculous you... planets getting flung out all over the place. Yeah. And yeah, the, because... the the planet stays the same distance from. Sun yeah, because even if you have yeah. two, because yeah. if you have two, say you have three stars, let's say it kind of has the third star kind of has to be far enough away to make it look like one star in like one giant yeah, star. Yeah, you approximate it to, to be stars. to be stable. Because if yeah. they're too close, the third star will just get flung out. It, it, I think there are and the same thing will go that... for planets. So if you're a planet orbiting a binary system, you have to be sufficiently far enough away from the stars to have a stable orbit. And if you don't, you'll just get flung out. Mm-hmm. Or, but you're too far away for liquid water, possibly. Yeah, and there are two. There are planets with two suns, but the ones like the, of the Cohort catalog. Yeah. Cohort, Cohort, Cohort catalog. Or you'll orbit one like... one star where that's really close, and the other star will be further away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like the, yeah, the Alcubi warp drive is like your best option, but they have other things like it's called the Star Shot and the Star Wisp. Oh yeah, these are actual actual things these that are, we can be doing. Yeah, these are the actual ones that they're planning on doing. Except the star, so the star, the idea, for summary, the star shot is a series of nano devices with like a meter, maybe like a meter or more, like wide sails. The device itself is really really tiny, and the sails. Oh, okay, so you're talking solar sails now. Yeah, this is solar sails. So yeah, okay. these little devices, and they're supposed to be like nano size. And the width of the, the width of the um, Starshot sail is like a hundred, so either a few hundred atoms thick or something, and it's curved in such a manner that you would shoot a visible light razor. I mean, sorry, razor, laser. Yeah, you shoot razors. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth. Laser effective. razors. <laughs> yeah, laser razors. Flaming. There was a Kickstarter for that actually. What? Razor they got razors? yeah. So you can shave with lasers. That sounds safe. Yeah, they, they like Kickstarter cancelled yeah, their... Like the no-no? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the no-no. I'm pretty sure that that's what it is, except you just never have to shave again. <laughs> yeah, you, you would stop, you, your, your body would stop producing hair. Yeah, because you, you still kill the root. <laughs> what did you say? You just have cancers and stuff? You'd be cancerous, right? Because of that's all true. the radiation? Yeah, and then you, you, you just... You wouldn't grow any Kids, skin cancer. Your hair. Never shave again. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Trade your hair for cancer. <laughs> Great, yeah. then you don't need to bring any shaving cream with you while you're on your giant interstellar travel. Oh, That's there you true. go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's the first one up. Solved right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're the first one up. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, the idea is that um, so they shoot a visible light laser. Didn't say what wavelength it is, so you guys could see what color it was. In a video, they showed a red laser. But they didn't say in the paper what kind of laser it was. But it's in the visible light spectrum that they shoot a very large array of lasers at these little nanobots that have light sails on them. And the light sails are what push them to 20% the speed of light. 
So how big do you say these solar sails came? So the sail itself is like a meter or meters. Not decided yet because okay. this isn't like the thing okay. of launching in 20 years. So um, I mean, the Planetary Society has launched a solar sail. Yeah, they have. But that's not using extra laser propulsion. It's only using the photons from the sun. Yeah, yeah. There is the sun one. I forget its name, though. But um, so this one is just that, like, the, the sails... Um, its diameter is a meter or like the total thing is in meters and there's like thousands of them flying at alpha sen and they shoot a visible light laser to get laser to get them to 20 percent c is the project and like people like mark zuckerberg and stephen hawking and like other people are actually funding it uh, which is kind of crazy because it means that i they, think there's a bit this. of a problem or a, an interesting thing to overcome right so is, this is this is why it's interesting to talk about because the focusing of, of the laser yes <laughs> lasers can such, diverge yeah yes at such exactly distances yeah they they, they get like it must just be like a wide swath which i guess is great because you have many of these objects these are uh, star shots or whatever they're called yeah, yeah it yeah, becomes substantially shots. less effective as you get further but and, yeah as it, wow it's and how do we slow it down when it gets there, we don't exactly. want to. We just slam it into the planet. Wait, wait, I thought the goal was. That's not what we to. did with our first probes that we landed on the moon. We just slammed them into the moon and into Venus. It just crashed into Venus. It rains iron there, or something dramatic. It's so much air pressure that it's like it rains it like solids. It, it rains rain, like raining there, so it just fucking lost two minutes. Acid. Melted and died, but sent some beta data back. Which is I great. think the idea is that you have a bunch of these, and then most of them do a flyby. Yeah, maybe some will crash, but I think the probability is low. Yeah, know. yeah. So you can land one in orbit from that distance. If you, no, I you think you need a lot of way chance. too fast. Yeah, for you're orbit. traveling sixty thousand kilometers a second yeah. because it's twenty percent C. Yeah. So you're yeah. just yeah, you're just launching right through. But the thing is, if you tried to make measurements as you flew by, everything would have it'd be worse. Would be fucked. Would be Doppler shifted. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah, just, that's, you that's cold. You can that, like, depending on how bad it is. Actually, at 20% of the speed of light, it wouldn't be that bad. If you could detect, if they had on board, I mean, these things are so tiny that the project depends on Moore's Law. So the project, because it's in like... Moore's oh, Law is failing, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah because, of the, because of the distance between... Um, Transistors. Yes. Is a limited size. Yes. So unless they figure out that really fast. Well, you'll get quantum tunneling and... And, yeah, and things. You can correct some of that with error correction. So you can you get you make it your processor smaller, so you get more processing power. But you need to use some of that extra processing power for error correction code. Mm. So to some extent, you can make them smaller, but just but generally considered limit is about five nanometers yeah. for yeah. That's what it was. I think we're at fourteen Number file now. Had an amazing episode on that. I think we're at fourteen nanometers. Yeah, it's. Um, I was going to say the professor's name, but I won't for reasons. But the professor's name actually. Which is, made that ironic because we were talking about that and before the class ended, and he said that it's funny that that's also a problem because that's part of what makes transistors work, is that tunneling effect. The part of the, the yeah. makes their statistical likelihood higher of working is the fact that tunneling is a good thing. Yeah, tra transistors are are quantum devices. Yeah, which is cool because you can't argue when you use a smart phone. <laughs> Oh, because there's an the interface between like um, like semiconductors or something. In yeah, because so you need that. I think when you apply and a current to the gate of, of a transistor, you change the tunneling bar barrier, and depending on whether you apply a current or not, it can let a current through the yeah. switch or not. Yeah. So yeah. So this project depends on Moore's law being electronics become more and more complex and efficient exponentially as the years go on for those yes. that don't know what it is technological projects do typically plan ahead 
when, working off of When the Large Hadron Collider was starting being built, they had no machines at that time that could do any of the data processing that but that knew it would. Later. We still throw out a hundred thousand hundred what is it, a hundred thousand times of the data that we collect. Do oh, we yeah. really throw it out? Do we just keep it somewhere that nobody No, we can't even it. collect you it. Can't, all. Yeah. We don't really? even collect it in the first place. Well really? it means it can all get processed in real time because you can't even store and it. And we're you're still storing terabytes of data every day. That's, really? that's like what fraction you said that to uh... I think like you only keep like one one hundred thousandth of the particle collisions that you actually detect. It might be even what less. If you've detected something though. But you detect you can, so at many, that rate though. you're still detecting like hundreds oh, oh, or even thousands they've every got second. Enough. <laughs> I see. And they probably also have done the calculations to like see if they've thrown away something significant. They would it's really unlikely that they did. This was that sample. Well it's not that they throw away, it's they don't collect it in the first place. Yeah. Because if they collected all the data, you'd store up all the world's hard drive space in like less than a day. They're gigantic cameras. Radial. Well, it says approximately 600 million times per second particles collide in the Large Hadron Collider. So do we really need all that data? All that data. <laughs> yeah. 600 yeah. million How particles. Much that yeah. Also, we already um, found the Higgs, so that's not as like a scary thing to throw away. It was more important in 2013 than it was. <laughs> they, they sift through 30 petabytes of data annually. Fuck. Never mind. I take back what I said. You guys can throw that shit out. There's like hoarders, but data. <laughs> yeah. Episode of hoarders, but it's like the world's data. Look, Actually, we don't need these collisions, all right? Like, we can <laughs> just organize this Someone stuff. comes to your house. Come on, CERN. You <laughs> Come don't need on, these sir. terabyte hard other, drives full of shit. Other ideas that I've seen for, for drives, for space travel, so I think it's called a ramjet drive. So ramjet the idea is, is that it has a giant scoop oh, that scoops up. Um, gray hydrogen just oh, that's just floating cool. in the vacuum of space and you would need a scoop that's like a square kilometer in size or something right which means nothing astronomically yeah and you collect hydrogen and then you can use it that's for fusion yeah. and just eject the extra material out the back at your butthole and accelerate, so you're picking up fuel as you go. That's, that's so really great. slick. So that's a, it, in a way, yeah. You is there enough hydrogen? Oh like, my god! You would oh need. My god, yeah. That's why I said like a square kilometer of collecting area, and then I guess possibly uh, ten square kilometers. Some sort of fusion reactor that's probably more advanced than what we think we can. Yeah, make. more than what yeah. we better than what we have now. Actually, recently the Tokamak, which is like. The fusion of the UK, the fusion testing in the UK, are were finally successful in the last past two weeks. So they're Even on their way. Ago, now, there was, what yeah. is meant by successful? Successing more energy than it used. Yeah, but yeah, but but uh, I, I didn't. There's been a few experiments that have been oh, successful at now. I know. I think the U S has. I think their laser based system was capable oh, yeah, of yeah, doing they, it. Yeah. Uh, Actually, that was a couple years ago. Here, National it's Ignition like Southern facility? Washington. Yeah, I think that's it. So. I remember they they made some sort of breakthrough, but it, it wasn't it wasn't enough to overcome all of the energy that actually goes into um Well the, the thing is with the National Ignition Facility. The NIF are you talking about the Tokamak or the NIF? They NIF. still have problems where you can't really sustain the reaction. That's their problem. Oh, they can't keep so it. So you can up. kind of just take <laughs> you take like a couple fuel pellets, blast it with the world's most powerful laser and get some energy out. Forget how much you can do it once too. and it's that's that's great. You have to reload the fuel and uh, you have to recharge your. You have to power your laser again. Yeah. Cold, yeah. cold fusion is the big thing that they're looking for. Yeah, 
Which that's would be pipe super dream. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a, did you say that's a pipe dream? That's a pipe dream. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have to overcome the Coulomb barrier in the nucleus. You, you have to overcome barriers bar- bar- <laughs> in the nucleus. Yeah. I thought the Coulomb force was a thing. Coulomb potential, I think, is one of the things you have to overcome mm. and whatnot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I still haven't decided what form of fusion uh, reactor I like the most. Because um, magnetic confinement is super cool. Because you just get to like use magnets to just like... You just have a force, of force material into this like a small area. Is that not what the Tokamak does though? Yeah, it's the Tokamak. Yeah, yeah. Tokamak and etc. Uh, in Burnaby, uh, there's yeah. their prototype uses liquid a uh, liquid metal confinement chamber, and they spin the liquid metal to create a vortex, and then the fill fuck? that with plasma, and then what they the just fuck? they have giant pistons. That just that's like whack so the liquid metal to compress the plasma. Oh, that's that is awesome. probably the coolest. Who fucking thought of that? Like, we gotta get some fucking <laughs> that's plasma. That's my understanding. Liquid metal punch that shit really hard. We got ourselves a fusion reactor. Well, How about a kid? I mean, there's, we there's have, a so cold, many. have a cold one with the boys. There, there is so many ways to just. Uh, all you have to do is compress like material, and then yeah, yeah. fusion happens. Assuming it's not iron. Well, the thing is, is that like in general, all you have to do is compress stuff together, and fusion happens. To be efficient is another story. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. 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 I mean, but uh, uh, here's what we do know. We know that hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe, or most abundant yeah. thing in the universe. Yeah. So if you're going to have fuel, it's good that it's hydrogen, but it's good that you figure out how to fuse it, that. It's a well, happy accident, Well, it's the only better yeah, way, because yeah. when you're it's fusing abundant. hydrogen uh, into, say, helium, you take four protons, and eventually you get to two protons, and then two neutrons formed as helium. Yeah. You only get, like, a few fractions of an atomic mass unit out each time mm-hmm, you do that. Mm-hmm. If you had, say, matter-antimatter, for every proton-antiproton you collide, you get two atomic mass units worth of energy. Right, so you're thinking, are you suggesting that... So you get that... substantially more energy yeah. per kilogram. Because it's a 100% conversion. Yeah. Yeah, it's a not it's not, like, kind of efficient, or 65, which is, like, the, the high the yeah. high bound. 2mc squared out of it. Yeah, you do, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Because you're the guy who would know that. Yeah, you do, yeah. Because, yeah, proton-proton chain, which is hydrogen fusion, yeah. is kind of schmeh. Yeah, the sun's, like, really inefficient at doing its job, hey? I can't remember <laughs> reading this, but they made that in a master course. They made come on, sun. The get energy it come together. The <laughs> energy produced per unit volume in the sun is less than the energy produced per unit volume in a hum- in the human body. Fucking on. Right on so us, So we're better heaters yeah, but the sun. Okay, so wait, hold on. Yeah. Fuck That's per sun. unit volume, but That's I mean, like, volume, like the, the sun's super dense. It's a lot of material. It's just there. fucking massive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's just big. But there's like a, uh, there, there's... And it's but a that, medium star. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a schmeh star. It's a G2. But maybe in your case where you said, like, you could use... Antimatter and ma- matter-antimatter. Yeah, which is also... would be the one thing that would be better. Yeah, which is also, like, oh, the, the other great sense. But in, for, <laughs> um, for the whole, like, NIF stuff, laser confinement... Fusion, they use uh, deuterium. Oh, so they use like tritium. Yes, yeah. Proton, so, proton fusion is hard to achieve. Hydrogen, so we use other forms uh, like uh, isotopes. Proton, neutron. Also, to, yeah, because the uh, energy produced per unit volume in the sun is so low, that's why our fusion reactors have to be at a temperature ten times higher than the sun does. Oh, because it has the advantage of gravity. Like, has the well, the sun of, like, pushing all that shit is really close together. It's just the together. amount. Well, that's the difference between gravity and a magnetic confinement chamber. Oh, yeah, exactly. The sun can hold all this material in due in to gravity. very, very nice and And it's formally. so dense, so 
material can't get out so easily. Whereas with the magnetic confinement chamber, if there's even the slightest imperfection, you just kind of get a bulge of plasma that expands out one side (laughs) and then hits your your chamber's side of the wall and just cools down to a Oh, regular. Yeah, yeah. And it's it like be to it's like food. having some sort uh, of pressurized um, tube, like um, you know, like pressurized oxygen or something. And if you puncture a hole in it, it material just shoots out one side. The goal of inertial, or uh, yeah, inertial <laughs> confinement fusion is to compress everything equally so it explodes mm-hmm. uniformly. That's so cool. But in the context of your like antimatter drive idea, which is also like an exciting thing that people want to get working on. Well, you'd have Star to... Trek Enterprise is powered by antimatter. Right, which is, I mean, Star Ooh, Trek how always it, gets it right. Does that but... work? Just because, well, it's basically I mean, a Pukubia drive, but... Well, I don't, I don't just... think it's their fuel for the drive, necessarily. It's just their power source. Oh. And what they do with that power produces whatever. Well, they had that giant weird sphere thing, didn't they? Am I thinking of, um, I don't know I'm thinking of, I think I'm thinking of, of a... Of a of a movie made on a spinoff of that and that there's there was that are you thinking of what I'm thinking of? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Guide to the Galaxy. It's Tim no no, no Tim no, Allen Tim Allen Tim Allen Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Galaxy Quest. I think I'm confused too because <laughs> Galaxy Quest is a is a spin-off of, of that. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I wrote it on VHS when it came out. On VHS. You you probably didn't exist back then. <laughs> no, I was two back then. Danger what Will the Robinson. Fuck? You were not or is that a different two? one? What's the one it where was like Danger Will Robinson? Danger. Oh, yeah. Deep, uh, oh, shit. Deep Some, lost in Space. Lost, oh, lost in, in space. space. That's space. another good one. That was really good. Like the television show? <laughs> oh, the, I guess there's, I, is there two? It was a movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, lost I mean, space it was, was also a movie, but... Which really also... It, I should it was a again. television show in the 1950s. The idea was just like... Um, oh, yes. Yeah, what was it? Like Swiss Family Robinson? Or just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's the It's version. basically a, 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 a you know desert, deserted family living on a deserted island, but this time it's in space. Yeah. Uh, so it was island really, is a ship. I don't know. It was goofy, but it was pretty goofy because <laughs> they like they fuck with uh, time travel, inter- interdimensional versions of themselves. I gotta watch yeah. that again to see how many. They just get through. Yeah, do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah. But Wacky. with your with your antimatter drive, you have to find antimatter or generate it on board. You well, you could have potentially it, right? produce it, say on Earth, and then just refuel your your starship before it leaves. Yeah. yeah. So you mean like start with a bucket load of antimatter? Yeah, and just drive with it. Keep it in a magnetic field so it doesn't touch anything. Yeah, because it is charged. So you wouldn't yeah. in a perfect vacuum chamber, too. That's yeah, the thing. Okay, yeah. what do you do with the antimatter? What does it actually do? You combine it with regular matter, and it explodes. Oh, okay, okay. And then you're you talking power, about as a power. Then you power a turbine and you heat water. You power an extremely I thought you were reflective talking about... surface <laughs> where they meet, so that the. Did light... you call it an antimatter drive? No, I just called it antimatter, just using it for fuel. Just using it for fuel. Okay, that's what I was confused. I was like, how are you, what exactly are you doing to make a warp drive? Okay, you're talking about, yeah, using it as, as a power source. Which also, I guess, that I, when I said the hydrogen, looking for hydrogen was the best option, that's probably a better option. Because you get more energy per unit fuel, whereas if you're just carrying around a sh- metric shit ton of fucking but you need to have hydrogen. refueling stations, because there's no way you're going to really find antimatter. Yeah. Unless you found a way to generate antimatter using... But it would probably take more energy. You'd just be wasting to more generate energy to produce it. it. Yeah, so you might need two ways of ener- get it having energy. One, where you have the lesser efficient form of energy, so you can make a better one, but I'm not sure how That's why you can is. produce antimatter, say, on Earth, and then load it up into some fuel cell, and let's load it, refuel your starship. Okay, and at that point, extreme. it's all about, um, like... Energy density. Yeah. It's all about you know how efficiently you can store yes. your fuel. Because I mean, just gasoline would 
would do. take a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're not filling Morocco with gasoline to get it off this you earth. Would, yeah, you could, speaking you of could getting get off this earth, what? why haven't we been to the moon? We, <laughs> why why? we have been to the moon. Because <laughs> that, that takes... came out wrong. Why haven't we been to the moon in like 30 years is what I meant to say. Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. super boring, isn't it? Because it is. A, it's boring. It's not even feasible anymore. Well, okay, first well, nobody you need wants a rocket, it, really. and you need a war to get people to competitively get to the moon. Well, think we about how much thrust those rockets produce. Yeah, we need another space race. Like a, a Falcon 9 rocket, the thrust that that produces is equivalent to about 100 million streams of urine. What? What? Yep. <laughs> So okay. earlier today, actually this was yesterday. So okay, so I found this Ask Science post on Reddit, which is, and it, the person just asked, "How much thrust is produced by the average stream of urine?" Some guy did the math, assuming you know your crotch is about eighty centimeters above the ground and you can pee about one point six centimeters away, mm, and you can fill one point six. That's so about a ratio of two to one and you can fill a half-liter bottle in about half a minute, then you'd get about 0.08 newtons worth of thrust. Hmm, okay. So about 100 million of that is the thrust of the Falcon 9. Without taking into account how many people need to be standing and peeing, and this is, what is, this, is this a male-driven study? <laughs> well, I mean, no, okay. Does this, you just went through, like, how we uh, mathematically found out this just by using, like, typical values? No. Just assuming what a couple of values. Boys and... peeing or girls peeing is basically what I'm asking. Well, that's the thing. Is like what he just found out is doesn't matter because he just said he found some values like an average. Um, what was it? Height and uh, distance or something. Height and how far could you be at that height? Yeah, and you so can assume from basic um, kinematics how fast the urine is going. Yeah. Yeah. And then from that you Fuck. can figure out flow rate from the other assumption. Jesus. Flow rate times velocity, you get thrust. But a bing, but a boom, you flow have rate. a unit of thrust. Those are really easy to do. <laughs> I almost said I can't believe I never thought of that, but I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah Takes a special person to come up with that so, idea. Yeah. That's the lowest ranking form of space travel. So oh, now, just now we can just measure urine trouble because urine <laughs> slow. <laughs> Sorry. Now we can just measure rocket thrust though in terms of urine streams. Yeah, that's, that's great. Sweet. How many urine streams does the base unit know? Although, like, I feel like yeah. From before, the solar sail thing is like you, you, you're, you're, you're passing by your destination. Yeah, just really shitty pictures as yeah. you go, and then you really just fucking warped pictures. By the way, <laughs> oh, maybe you can, you can use Photoshop, dude. You can fix that. You can clean. True. You can clean stuff up. Yeah, like I've I seen, mean, if they, I've you can seen get some spaceships there. We, yeah, I've seen some good doctored photos. Yeah, yeah. you can doctor <laughs> things to get there. You can doctor a photo by that point. Yeah. You can linearly map it back to being a normal photo. Yeah, it's all systematic like error information. So just reduce it. The you know matrix probably gonna be a linear map. You don't think it'd be linear? <laughs> yeah, probably. It probably costs less to go to the moon than it does to freaking make a film about going to the moon. What's that? Like you said? Oh, it'll probably like think about it. You said it's more. You think it's there's more production cheaper. value in in making a video than there is sending. Actual it's probably film. like given today's movie production budgets. So true. It's probably Actually. cheaper just to go to the moon than to make a movie about going there. Which is really funny because what you're talking about, a guy made a movie about that fact. <laughs> a film producer who was born in the era, the era that people tried to say that 
the moon landing was hoax. He said that because of the technology back then, it would be harder to fake the moon landing than to send people up in a tin can. It being harder to do, which means more funding. But back right. then, the funding for space travel, the funding for getting to the moon was so outrageous. Yes, it was like billions did. and billions of dollars to send them there. That funding it was still wouldn't be enough funding to get the tech to make movies good enough to fake it, <laughs> which is funny. So I just completely, completely off topic. That's the point of this, though. <laughs> Great. I found an article titled Pornhub Crowdfunds First Porn Shot in Space. Oh, sweet. Success. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, though, like people have tried to crowdfund to get the money to actually form porn in space. Yeah. And they've contacted companies like Virgin Galactic about this. Mm-hmm. Now, Virgin Galactic declined, probably because, because they, would have to, they would have to change the name of their, their company. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, it changes their title. Then we would be promiscuous. Reborn Virgin Galactic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Virgin Galactic. Galactic. That's so good. Yeah. Deflowered Galactic. <laughs> Or fucking oh. but I mean, think if, if you're going to be traveling from you know in between stars, you gotta have something to do on the way there, or each other to do on there. I wonder if <laughs> astronauts have banged in space and just like turn the cameras off first. Yeah, minutes. we should wait until they're old enough because they will be. And then I gotta ask, did you did you do a space bang? <laughs> did you did yeah. you do the, did you bump uglies in space? I mean, think yes, about so. it. If you're up there for for a Service. few months, you've at least masturbated in space. Yeah. Mm. Oh my god. Can you imagine those poor souls? I've never I mean, thought think, of this. Oh, that's even worse, though. They'd have to be really careful alone. because then you just get shit floating in there. Oh. In the air. Oh. You, oh. you, the cleanup would be so inconvenient. Yeah. Oh. oh <laughs> they did not bring. Do they have tissues? Well, I don't even think they have no, tissues in there because they have, they have a weird pooping device. <laughs> 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 like, no, well, you, okay, they have very special designs. Oh, man. Poor guys. They're fucking up our orbit. But you literally fucking thrust. up. Literally fucking up our orbit. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. So well, okay. Oh, here's wait, the wait, other wait, thing okay. too. Okay, so the ISS is in a decaying orbit because by having it in low Earth orbit, there's some amount of atmosphere, so that way oh. space junk decays. Every now and then, you gotta boost this ISS. Yes. With P. With how many? With how many? However many thrusts worth of P. <laughs> That's not three. actually the worst idea because you have to go P. Oh, they, they so, just uh, yeah, have the just toilet point, it point the toilet at Earth. Yeah, just point your shitter at Earth. Actually, they recycle that water. It's yeah. pretty important. The water gets recycled, oh, but the solid waste gets thrown, gets packaged onto a, a space capsule. Mm-hmm. They undock the, the capsule, and it just burns up in the atmosphere. Yeah. So next time you look up and you see a shooting star, that Same. could literally be shit. That's a shooting shit. It's a shooting <laughs> shit. Not a shooting star. Well, Burning up is, in the atmosphere. This is like the futuristic version of like lighting a paper bag full of literally. Food. So you're <laughs> on fire. <laughs> Paper, they're paper bagging the entire planet. Yeah, <laughs> like what pranks? Think about it. No wonder it your stars off, your wishes off of shooting stars aren't coming true. You're wishing off of burning shit. Nice. That's God. Cool. That is like my hopes and dreams. Uh, that explains why I'm so fucking unlucky because I thought I was wishing on a shooting star, but I was wishing on a bag of burning shit. Yeah, yeah. I like how shooting stars not even a thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I like stars that don't start. shoot. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can travel fast relative Actually, to whatever. Actually, I yeah. saw there's a paper. <laughs> Uh, there was an observation that was forever. found where we, there were it was a binary star system and the larger star went supernova and it launched out the other star. What? It, it literally kicked oh, the star out nice. of the galaxy. That's that is so super cool. cool. That's so super an actual meta. shooting star. Yeah. 
so it just takes another you. star to shoot it. I bet you could have wished on that one. That's true. Oh, that would have been the best wish ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way better that would be a than real shooting way star. Way better than wishing on astronaut crap. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> true. That's so metal, though. Supernova blows a star, yeah. makes it into a shooting giant star. That wow. is super great. Super cool. Don't want to see it in a night sky, though, Terry. Well, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, technically, all of the, the stars surrounding the supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy are infinite shooting stars well until they fall into it well i think uh the star traveling around the black hole in the center of our galaxy travels at i think i want to say either two percent or 0.2 percent the speed of light i don't remember because i was the one who did the calculations last semester based on just kepler's third and i don't remember what its velocity was i did the calculations in in first year and i remember just calculating the mass of the black hole as being i think it was two million solar masses so i was off by a factor of two Uh, yeah I know. Freak. Well, I mean, Unfair. it's astronomy. <laughs> yeah, what's Whoa, a thousand wait. between friends in astronomy? <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. So I don't remember what speed of perihelion was. By the way, perihelion is when, a, when an object is closest in orbit. It's the location. And then aphelion is the farthest away. Perihelion, perihelion. is defined aphelion, as the yeah. distance. Is it aphelion or approach. aphelion? Is it PH? Do you pronounce it F, as F? Because I just read this. So I don't actually see it. It's AP, isn't it? Yeah, it's aphelion. I don't think there's an H. There's no well, there H, is an H, but, but it's, it's on e? the word helium. Helium. Right, and that's that's a way, right? Yes. Yeah, but I remember that because it's the letter A. Is you a, say a way. Yeah, apart. Oh, okay. Apart, yeah, so no, you do. It is an F. Oh, is it? Okay. Aphelion. No. I, no way. That's what I don't believe you. The Google Dictionary says. Dude, I was fucking right about no, one thing. thing. No, but look at the pronunciation. Oh, oh is it? Well, that's the actual pronunciation. That's the phonetic yeah. pronunciation. Yeah. yeah. I pulled that out of my butt because Oh, wait. Yeah, what? Okay, well, but but like if you say something like like apoaps or periaps or oh, then oh suddenly yeah, yeah, yeah. it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, so, so there's lots so of there. English, <laughs> which is really annoying because you have apogee and perigee, and that's the same thing, but it's moon, earth, not yeah. sun, not well, star, no, it's just not larger orbit. G thing. just means like geo, like earth. Yeah, apogee. yeah. So it's just you're just being specific about what you're orbiting. Yeah, I guess it's a prefix of the word. Yeah, yeah. Pre, no. pre is before, and yeah. it's prefix yeah. and then suffix. Suffix. Thank you. Yeah, always. <laughs> no, it's postfix. Is it postfix? Oh wait, no. What the fuck. <laughs> don't screw this up. Here. I, mean, I guess no, we don't just, major in That English. just depends on how you rearrange your symbol, your <laughs> operator symbols between your operands. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's it's just reverse Polish orbits. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the start. Uh, honestly, I don't think the star shots thing is like a good idea. Really? That kind of just seems like a big fucking waste of money. In what way? Like, what's not good about it? Well, it's not that it's not good. It's just that when you get there, you send back data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think they expect data back 45 years after launch. Mm-hmm. So the data might not be that great by the time if you're expecting more lot more. I mean, by the time the data gets back to you, you'll just have made a faster ship. Yeah, exactly. And you'll have passed it. Yeah, but then yeah, the yeah. Will... Wouldn't have been wasted. The time and effort wouldn't have been wasted. The R and D that went into it, I think it would. I mean, I think the R and D by itself is worth it. Right, the R and D is worth it. But when you know that you were going to make better devices in the future, knowing that they would be obsolete when you get there with or with the plans already, that means it's not a waste. You're right. It it would never be a waste to do a scientific project. It's just that billions of dollars that should have already been made accessible in different ways could have been used for like other big problems today because we already know we're going to try it. Like we're not going to not go to space that's never going to not happen but to pour billions of dollars in 
to this one project instead of other projects would be like right. so you're saying it's like the timing isn't right yeah yeah it's like, do let's it. not go to space now it's right right this is sort of like going back to like when we had hard drives that weren't that heavy of memory I know it needed funding to get better mm-hmm. but like putting like metric shit tons of money into something that we knew was going to be shit it's sort of like it's not a bad idea to do because you need the R&D right yeah for, for Moore's Law to apply you need people researching it and attempting it because we learn from our errors in, yeah. in the experiments right. and in our trials Worse than it won't do better. because there were people trying to make better transistors. Right, right. Yeah, 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 that's true. It isn't, it isn't a law of the universe. You don't wait around and it's like, oh, yeah, Moore's law is not a law. Wait 10 more years, then we can go. Yeah. Then we can go. Just yeah. don't do anything in the meantime. I remember seeing Just an animation. Just keep trying to make better things without doing I saw anything. an animation where it was like, if you were filling up a lake at the rate of Moore's law, so like first year you add a drop, then you add two drops, then you add four drops. At the rate of Moore's Law, basically the lake fills in the last two years. It goes from, like, nothing to everything being filled. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, this is the same thing as that. Exponential increase. For that, this is, like, that old tale of, like, some Chinese emperor who, like, talks a guy into giving him one, some exponential amount of grains. And then by the end of the month, he has, like, mountains of grains to feed <laughs> himself for years or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? You know, it's, or was um, it pennies? Well, yeah, it's... Um, I think there's a whole bunch of them. The king owed like a, uh, uh, somebody a debt or something like that, and he offered him to uh, give him a million dollars. He said, you can give me a million dollars now, or you can give me a penny today. These are Tomorrow, US dollars, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> give me two pennies. <laughs> Tomorrow, two pennies. The next day, four pennies. Mm-hmm. And at, at the end of the month... And that Just on that day, on the last day of the month, you get $21 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Moore's Law. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should just do it anyway and fuck it up, and then, <laughs> and then, and then go. Yeah, SpaceX <laughs> has blown up a whole bunch of rockets in the last few years. Actually, they yeah. haven't blown up one in over a year now. Yeah, yeah. since they're la- since they're successful They've been landing, landing in the past couple of months. Beauty. Yeah, which is really cool because to watch it is sort of surreal. You think it's like fabricated, but it's not. It looks just fucking. Oh, because the way it lands. That's a ten-story right? building in equivalent in size, and they freaking land it from fucking. Sp- Space. Right? They fly it into space and its ass lands in the ocean, by the way. It's just perfectly lands in the ocean. Which is That's... great because it's turbulent. Like, the ocean, you can't expect the ocean also including landing to they've, be like the best place to few, land a tower. They've cancelled a few ocean landings because of turbulence on the water. Right. Um, and they just crashed the rocket into the ocean and just left. I around. have a question. Wow. Really? Why are we obsessed with landing rockets upright? Because it costs $60 million for SpaceX to build a rocket. It costs them only about $20 million to refurbish it. Right, so right, you, it's a cost thing. Why don't we land it not straight up and down where it's hard to balance it? Why don't I just like put it on a parachute <laughs> as it drops? Or build flying because saucers. Because it, it's a 10-story building. Is on it. What's that? <laughs> Why'd you say? Flying saucers. Yeah. Oh yeah, don't you but know? circular rockets. Well, actually, on the on the area of not landing things vertically, we used to do that. It's called the shuttle program. Yeah, yeah, that, the shuttles would fly that way. But the they cost half a billion dollars to build and half a billion dollars to refurbish. And to test that their flying could land before they get into space. So mm. it just those things were could way too expensive. And and now NASA is trying to build their new space launch system. Despite and their funding. The thing is, NASA they just. They spend so much money on R&D. Now, granted, some of that's because you need things to be safe for human travel. Yeah. And SpaceX isn't... Like, a rocket that's built for humans goes through... It requires to have more engines, more redundancy, more safety checks, so it costs a lot more. And currently, SpaceX is only carrying cargo. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the rockets cost less. But, like, 
even NASA just to make their spacesuits wasted two hundred million dollars just on what? on R&D? like on R and D for spacesuits that they didn't even use that they just threw <sighs> out. What is R and D? Research and development. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I realized we said R and D a whole bunch of times. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means. We've probably done that a whole bunch of times now. <laughs> said a whole bunch of Possibly. Shit, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, in the context of, I don't know if there's any other big projects, but there was the simulated gravity thing where, like, if you're flying to, it's called a Taurus, and it's from the '60s. The Taurus, which has nothing to do with the constellation and/or the symbol, but it is a toroid object surrounding kind of like a rockety tower looking thing. So you've got like what looks like a regular space rocket surrounded by a torus. Okay. And those torus has like spindles that whole are held to the central object. Like spokes and you on just, a wheel. The spokes. And, and it you, spins. Yeah, yeah. And so, you spend your time on the outer wheel so you have artificial gravity. Yeah. You've oh, probably yeah, seen this yeah. if you've watched um, 2001 A Space Odyssey. You probably saw it if you watched that. Um, Interstellar did that as well actually. Did they? Although I think their ship was rather small so there you would have a uh, acceleration differential from head to toe yeah 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 and um, which would be rather uncomfortable yeah the <laughs> idea is that because you are spinning centrifugal force force versus centripetal force discussion yeah but, but the idea is that from your reference frame you're being pulled down to the ground if you are orthogonal to the vector in which it's turning the the the, the speed really the the floors is you, you can try it. Start again. Yeah. Use your words. <laughs> the floor is getting pulled away from you, so it's getting pulled up as you as you rotate. No, you're being pushed into the. You're trying to go in a straight line, and the floor is curving. Yeah. And pushing the floor is adding pushing a force into you that's centripetal. I always wondered if you started running in the opposite direction and then all of a sudden kind of jumped, would you just sit there and float around and just keep looping around while everybody else is spinning around you? That's how you do a sweet karate kick at the person. Or if you ran to, in the same direction, would you also get super heavy and just like collapse? And not be able to well, your anymore? momentum would carry you in whatever direction that you're currently going in. Yeah. So you'd this have is... some tangential component to the thing, and if you jumped up, so you would get a... You'd kind of... If you have an arc, you'd kind of s- skip over and take a, um, a chord through that arc. Mm, yeah, yeah, circle. yeah. This is the this Straight is the line. if you're spinning a bucket of water attached to a rope idea that's kind of yeah idea. yeah yeah if you've got a bucket of water you're spinning it to keep the the water in it flat when you yeah spin but you it. have gravity when you're in space there's no gravity so that's what I'm saying if you run in the opposite direction and also at the same rate at which it's turning mm-hmm. and jump, oh I see right you're in you're so in you're no gravity out the yeah 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 you're canceling it out enough. so you'll be floating and the thing will be circling around you right that's yeah. like a new nice. version of fast travel. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to just not just touch let the area travel beneath you. The moment you're like, yeah. hang on, you're going to start accelerating because you're attached to that uh, part. Just like the location yeah. on a map. Yeah. Although you did have there. an initial velocity when you were doing that, even though you were. But he's normal. saying match it perfectly so that oh, when you're oh, running like, back, you're like, just, like exactly. so it jump then, at an angle, and then now you just hover there as the whole thing spins under you. <laughs> That's sweet. I guess That's disturbing for me to think about. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I I feel like that got a whole punch today, but I can't remember. Um, or we can just skip the spaceships it. entirely and we can just teleport. Yeah, but then there's the teleport discussion of like... So, quantum teleportation is possible. Yeah, but it's... We have yeah, but, quantum teleportation. But what things. if people want to travel? You just need to do quantum teleportation on a much larger scale. Don't fuck it up. Don't because fuck it up. how would that work? It's, you can actually mathematically show that you cannot quantum clone something. And the problem with quantum cloning is duplicating eigenstates. Because mm. when you observe an eigenstate, it collapses. Yeah. Um, but you can quantum teleport stuff. 
So you can move your eigenstates over, essentially, in quantumly entangled fashion. So, oh, yeah. And that's when you get, like, a glass of wine and you say, is all I am a bunch of so eigenstates, when, Tyler? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You but when you it. talk about things like, okay, uh, teleportation, <laughs> is it destroys you and creates a new you? Yeah, so that's the thing. But the thing, thing. is, it, you can't quantumly, you can't teleport something without destroying the original. Yeah, yeah. That's so the, that's it's the, the that's new the you kicker. is you because if it wasn't, then you couldn't have teleported in the first place. Oh, cool. Well, I guess that's a better way of looking at it. Yeah. You just have to get put together back the same way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so how does that Well, you, you can talk of, uh, of teleportation kind of two different ways. The Star Trek way is it is it kind of like analyzes your energy pattern. Right after you say like disassemble It yeah, disassembles yeah, yeah. your atoms and turns them into energy and then transport the energy at the speed of light and then reassembles you back into atoms and into your same patterns. Exact same the quantum teleportation thing is to quantum tangle two particles, send the particles off, and then, like, it forced the eigenstates of one to go to the other one, I think. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure how, how that works. Yeah, yeah I watched a few. But that doesn't transport the matter. It just transports the information. Yeah. The information, the matter yeah, is over there. They just rebuild you. Yeah. But you know what? There's so much more to you, Dayton, than just a bunch of... I'm just one big wave function. Yeah. Or a no, superposition of many wave functions. No, you are many smaller wave functions. If you were a one big wave function, then you would be a Bose-Einstein condensate. I, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> very Bose Einstein condensate. It sounds very bland and yes. <laughs> yeah, very blase. That's true. Yeah. Nobody unless you punch a hole <laughs> unless you do that that Einstein Rosen bridge and yeah, two places are connected, but you'd have to also be a big both. asshole because you have to do the you'd have to have the necessary energy to create that event. Yeah. Which destroys pretty much the place you're in and the place you're going to. It might just create a Google blitz. Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about those. Yeah, it's when you have enough just energy con concentrated into such a small area that its mass equivalent essentially density just creates a black hole. Yeah. But it's just formed from energy. Actually, I don't know if you guys watch PBS Space Time. P PBS Space Time did a Kugelblitz challenge where the... <laughs> Who can make the best Kugelblitz? How can you... <laughs> someone do the better Kugelblitz? Mail it in. <laughs> yeah. So the idea Sounds is... Sounds like a dance move. The Google it Blitz. does, actually. Ooh, yeah. Kugelblitz. Okay, you just invented a dance move for fourth floor I'm, people. I'm going to have to make a move now to go with that name. You gotta do the Google Blitz. <laughs> You're just basically handing in your report. It's like Google four minutes. Google Blitz. <laughs> <laughs> Ballroom Blitz. <laughs> yes. Whole new style of dance yeah. we're getting here. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I think they did their episode was just about like creating a Google Blitz by having a whole bunch of aliens go around Earth and then shoot uh, some energy beam, but all equivalent, and it would meet up with Earth Why does and it have then to destroy be Earth? everything. Oh, because the aliens are bad. Because, <laughs> oh, because the aliens are always evil. Yeah, they're always evil. They would travel. Several and you, they light always years. crash land. Yeah. They can travel halfway across but the galaxy. shitty pilots when it comes to flying they, on Earth. they can't land. They yeah. crash land on Earth. <laughs> Which is funny. We had a funny open house a couple weeks ago, not the last one, but the one before, about a lady who was like, so what if we could talk to aliens? Um, they'll like, what if they come and kill us? Like, don't tell anyone. But I use an analogy. If you could, if you had a lot of money and a lot of resources and a lot of cool cars and like fancy tech right now, would you fly all the way to the corner of like a very rural part of Africa to stomp out an ant's nest? Would you do that? If you could afford to go to Africa right now on your cool fancy jet, would you go there 
just for the sake of destroying an anthill. Yes. If I perceived it as a threat, maybe? Is it fire ants? No. They're just regular ants. What's what are these ants doing? Are they a pest or am I just being a dick? You're just being a huge dick. You have a lot of time. Why would I do that? Exactly. If you could do I think you're just skewing the analogy now. Well no, no, it's it's basically what I'm saying is that the (laughs) yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, is that if you had the energy, power, and resources to do intergalactic travel or interstellar travel, why would you go all that way just to destroy somebody's house? If you already had the tech If you and considered resources. it a threat, if yeah. you were somehow worried about it becoming dangerous. Harvest our resources. Yeah. I mean, assuming well, that... But again, his, with his premise... Or when they come to a... Yeah, because the thing is... But maybe they're running out. Maybe their technology is so advanced and they've been using up all their resources. Yes, but they come to but Earth... Space has Earth more resources to, than Earth water. To take Earth. our resources... And their weakness is water. Yeah. Oh my god, are you talking about signs? Is that what it was? What? <laughs> what? I totally forgot. When, or, have you ever seen our, 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 our microbes because they start eating our food and then they get our diseases that they don't have this immunity that we have. And they're all in the air, but that, that was, was also that's, another I think that one. Was day before or Independence Day, maybe? No, that, no, that, no, it was, was the one with the <laughs> tripod walking things and it starred Tom Cruise, I'm pretty sure. No. You're talking about War of the Worlds? War the of the remake? Worlds, that was the premise. The remake right. of War of the Worlds was that at the end, <laughs> they all die because they get infected the by <laughs> our <laughs> microbes. Like, yeah, oh yeah, that was another silly thing. Um, yeah, so War of the Worlds is dumb, science is dumb, just for the sake of like space-faring genius aliens. Never thought of that. Yeah, it's thing. just like, oh right, microbes, oops. Immune immune system. pollen kill me because I have terrible allergies. Or like, oh... This, this planet that's like, what is it, 70% uh, ocean water. Yeah. We don't like water. And also, there's these beings running around that are composed of mostly water. Mostly the thing we and can't And we want to try with. to kidnap them for no reason. Yeah, which doesn't make sense. But yeah, that's a thing to consider is like, if you <laughs> became a super advanced civilization, why the fuck would you travel so goddamn far to just destroy something and then fuck off or take their shit? Because you want to make... An interstellar highway. Right, but like, oh. you don't have to. <laughs> now, that's an actually good. It's in this the is way. our land. <laughs> wait, wasn't that the. Wasn't that the. Wasn't that the. Wait, wasn't that Space Jam? No. No. What the fuck was that? No, Hitchhiker's the... Guide, you dumb. Oh, fuck, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Hitchhiker's Guide. What was Space Jam about that? Space Jam was. Looney Tunes went underground with Michael Jordan. Yeah, but and what were they playing against? The Martians. Yeah, yeah, but what the, was it just to win a tournament? They're yeah, basketball. So. Yeah, yeah. It was they just made to, a bet, I think. Yeah, it was just some some bet. Oh, it's just about, dick measuring contest yeah. between cartoon people. Yeah, <laughs> and also wow. Michael Jordan was I there. I got really emotionally invested in that back then. I should not have done so. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Such a good soundtrack. That I actually movie. have uh, like a like a like custom bed sheets and everything and like window covers of Space Jam that I didn't oh. I didn't fucking want them, but I have oh. them. By the way, you do have them. Yeah. Pro tip: if you need them, that's I'm your guy. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Adding Space Jam to the list as well. No, I've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> Are you adding movies to watch now? No, totally. Not right now, but I was. <laughs> sure, he is. I'm an uncultured soul. Don't say that. <laughs> Maybe. And I'm the one that dances, so. Yeah, you invented the Kugel Blitz like two minutes ago. So. Yeah. I'm going to bring, I'm gonna bring cool. that one out so we can Google dance. Oh, way. nice. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. There has to be aliens out there, though. Yeah. Uh, like, Statistically, saying, it's certain, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the universe is infinite, but you guys are the math magicians. If you have one, if there's a chance of one in an infinite seed, doesn't that sort of mean there's an infinite set of... If So the average rate of... Of a supernova is about one per galaxy per hundred years. 
If you look in, up into the night one sky, per galaxy. one per galaxy per every hundred oh, years. Right. Okay. If you look look up into the night sky and take take at arm's length the area the size of a dime, mm-hmm. and you if you had a powerful enough telescope, you would see ten stars explode in a single night. Oh, it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Space is big, and rare shit happens all the fucking time. Yeah, because it's so fucking big. Wow. <laughs> That's Carl second grade. And there are still more IPv6 addresses. <laughs> um, Carl Sagan actually said that um, not not the not the supernova thing, but he said space is way too big of a place. It's an it, actually it, it's a premise to Contact is that um, the, his novel Contact and the movie is that if there's no aliens out there, that's an awful waste of space. <laughs> that's an awful fucking waste. Yeah, not, that's not, true. Yeah, not to say that there's any subjective interpretation of nature in which you say things are wasted. Yeah, that actually exists, but it is a good point. It would be an awful waste of space. It's too too provincial for Feynman's thinking instead of Carl Sagan's. Thinking that there's no aliens in space is super provincial and very traditional way of thinking because it's like it puts you at the centerpiece again. It's another version of geocentrism to say that like there's no aliens out there. Oh, yeah. It's like we're the only thing that's here and the only interesting thing that's happened in, I don't know, look at my watch, 13.7 plus or minus 1 billion years. I'm the most interesting thing. I feel like the, it would be there may not be very like hyper-intelligent interplanetary species I feel like that yeah. would be a very incredible yeah. thing. Like yeah. you mean at our grade right now well, kind of thing? Part of the no, issue not, is like, not even like what oh, we are, like actually traveling from Gal like people that yeah. that are I think like aliens capable of like intergalactic space travel. The problem yeah, yeah. with intelligent life is you look at like our human civilization. We're at a very fragile point in time. Yeah, we're also We are at a point in time we are on the brink of space travel, but we also have the power to completely wipe ourselves off the, the face of this planet and we don't have the wisdom not to do it. Yeah, which is which actually yep. comes from the, now that sort of goes into another subject called Fermi's paradox, which is yes. the discussion of well, Fermi's paradox is if there are so many stars and there are so many like based on our known chemistry set, which is universal BT dubs, um, why don't we hear anything about aliens? Like why don't why are there no aliens and why haven't we heard anything? Why is it awful quiet for such a big place with so many stars, with so many low mass stars that are safe and so many stars of our mass, which is the main sequence strip, if you want to look that up, where we sit, it's sort of like in the middle, lower half of the main sequence. So if those kind of stars that are less common than the safer stars, which are M-type, which are cooler, and which M-types are the most common type of star. So if you have all these really, really good conditioned stars out there with a really decent chemistry set, and it's we're, we're later in the game, so Earth is 4.6 billion years old, right? Something like that. Something like that. I think it's... 4.54 plus astronomically speaking who gives a shit less than a blink of a nine in the in terms of the universe but something times 10 to the nine yeah something yeah something in giga we actually know the age of the universe to more accurately than the the uncertainty in the age of the universe is smaller than the amount of time between now and when the dinosaurs existed the, the uncertainty in the yeah in the so time? we know the oh wow we it's know the age of the universe to 13.81 yeah. billion Plus or minus 50 million years. Right. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, never, I didn't know their accuracy of that. We are super accurate now. Like, literally 10 years ago, it was like 10 to 20 billion. And now we've got it down to like less than a, a 50 million uh, years. That's so satisfying. Um, anyway, uh, the idea is that if, if we're later in the game and, and we're only like 4.6-ish billion years old and the universe is that old, we can't assume. Also, looking back in like redshift, looking back at like a way old redshift, from you know satellites that could look really far back, which by the way really excites me about the James Woods Telescope because it's coming up um, in 2018. Um, if you can see so far back to know that the universe is that early, and on the way you saw galaxies already formed with 300 billion stars in it, 
assuming that life A hasn't already happened and B hasn't already passed our um, complexity, then the assumption that there's no life is ridiculous. So Fermi's paradox is like, if it's so likely in this entire time that there would have been life, why isn't there any here? Why don't we see or hear anyone in this like giant volume, not area, giant volume of space in all directions? Why is it so quiet? And one of those things was, well, A, the capital most likely reason is that they destroyed themselves because they became intelligent enough to blow themselves up because they argued over grapes or something fucking stupid like we would. But that's also assuming like a centrist point of view that they would ever behave like us. So it's either they kill themselves every time. Nobody can actually leave, ever leave Earth, ever, because the tech can't be made because of the laws of the universe. <clears throat> or um, intelligent life kind of just flares up and disappears in the blink of an eye. Right. It's like a fart in the wind. Um <clears throat> The last one is that life is extremely rare. That it's so rare that you would get complex life that's like pseudo-stable like us because oxygen is not necessarily stable because it's a useful fuel source for our lungs and whatnot. But anyway, um, that's sort of what the Fermi's paradox is. But at the same time, in the same hand, you have to go like, you have to ask like... Um, um, there's also one other possible problem and that's being um, adventurous could also be a rare quality. Yeah, maybe. Actually, <laughs> like that's, people, that... like there might be entire civilizations that just like don't care. That's true. That's actually how Crow, the, the, the pre, the, our, our closest ancestor to us now, they suggested it died because they weren't explorers. They got into a confined area and actually died in this confined area because they wouldn't leave I because they the got dependent. the smallest amount of human population, there was a bottleneck in, in Africa at about between five, between about 800 and 2,000 human beings alive. And then we kind of like somehow managed to recuperate from that. Hmm. Wow. But like human genetic diversity is incredibly low. Yeah. Like I think the genetic equivalence in population is like 15,000 people is all it would take to reproduce all of the genetic variation you see on Earth today. Whereas like mice, it's like 700,000. I'm glad mice are way more accepting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, with a smaller pool, it's more likely I'll get laid because uh, <laughs> there's not that much variation. I can't. But yeah. Probably related, but... Yeah. <laughs> with a smaller yeah. pool of genetics, it matters less if your genetics get passed on. Uh, yes. So anyway, I don't, I don't want you to die like that. That's a terrible way to die. You're right. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed our episode. Recently, we've been talking about doing questions by the listener, on top of which we've been thinking about doing a true-false kind of thing. So... Be sure to share this with your friends and come up with a few ideas for things for us to talk about or discuss what's true or false. We might be wrong. We normally do get it wrong. Actually, we don't. 